0: Welcome to the Be The Change podcast, a Global Volunteers production where we will explore people traveling, volunteering, and living outside their comfort zones. Welcome back to the Be The Change podcast. I'm Ruth Curran, and I am so glad that you came back to join me today in this episode We look at why this podcast and sharing these stories is so incredibly important to me. In past episodes, we've talked about Global Volunteers' philosophy of service, that foundational belief and that foundational stance that the organization only goes where it's invited and only works under the direction and in partnership with local leaders. Last week, in particular, as we were celebrating the International Day of Peace, we got perspectives on another part of Global volunteers foundational beliefs, the belief that the overarching goal of every team is to wage peace and promote justice. This episode wraps in waging peace, promoting justice, working hand in hand with local communities, and the stories that you'll hear today illustrate how that happens and what that means to communities and community partners. Our first perspective is a really fitting one. It comes from Carol Konzelman, who is my go-to person when we're talking about the philosophy of service and foundational beliefs of global volunteers and really why it works. Carol's a cultural anthropologist and has many years of experience traveling around the world with students and adults and on her own, working with community partners, seeing what works, what doesn't work. So I love Carol's perspective on waging peace. It takes us way, way back. Listen in as Carol gives us a historical, cultural, anthropological perspective on what waging peace really means and how we can contribute as short-term volunteers.
1: To me, waging peace is first building the awareness of how did we get to where we are today? This isn't a natural order of things. This has been the product of violence, centuries of violence. So I think waging peace is awareness and then also changing the paradigm. It requires a massive paradigm shift to move away from a colonialist mindset, even if it's subconscious. And usually it is. We just take it for granted. Oh, we're going to go help these people. Well, we're only going to help them to the extent that we're building relationships with people and trying to right the wrongs of the past and try to undo to whatever small extent we can the violence that was the the currency of colonialism and gave rise to such phenomena that we see today, like stunting in these areas like Tanzania, where the Reaching Children's Potential Program is. You know, that's not just because, oh, these people, they don't know about nutrition. They don't know what to do. You know, they need our help so we can save them. I mean, people know what they need. Now, they might not know how to get what they need, but they know what they need. So I think that's where the Waging Peace element comes in, which is to try to the best that we can to rebuild different relationships between those of us who have benefited from from colonialism, or today we call it capitalism, and those who suffered from it. And so in my mind, that's, that's waging peace.
0: This next segment comes from a conversation that I had with Cynthia, and we were talking about what it was like for her to serve on a team in Montana on the Blackfeet Reservation. The story that Cynthia tells is just the perfect illustration of what redefining relationships and waging peace means on a day-to-day basis in the small moments on a service program.
2: What's needed? You know, what is needed? And where does that fit with what I'm, you know, just allowing myself to go, oh, what's needed? Well, you know what? What's needed is they want they want to open their heart to me and they want to tell me about this experience that they had. I remember sitting at the Boys and Girls Club and, and there were hardly any people, any children there. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? You know, if there's no children here to help. And as it turned out, I sat down with the, um, I, don't, I, I don't think she was the director, but she was the one who kind of ran the programs. And we sat and had a really nice discussion. And she told me about like, where she had been um you know she had gone off to college and she'd come back to the reservation and she had married and had kids and you know her plans and her hopes and dreams and had I been so busy trying to find something to do I never would have had that opportunity for her to share with me her her story you know and so it was it was that's what it's about you know that's what it's about—is that human connection. It's not about getting the lawn mowed or the thing built. I mean, yes, that's awesome, and we go there to do things. And if that's what we end up doing, great. But you know what? If someone from another culture wants to sit there and just chat with you and exchange stories and ideas, my gosh, that's the memory you come away with—not like I mowed the lawn. <laughs> so, so that shift. Um, happens with so many people. I mean, you see it all the time when they realize, wow, I got to talk to that person. It didn't really matter that we didn't get the painting assignment done. We got to share, we got to laugh. You know, we laughed, we had a common thing that we laughed over and we talked about. And I mean, those are the memories that you take. It's not the, it's not the work
0: Our next storyteller is Maggie. Maggie's the country manager in Ecuador. And Maggie's story is really an illustration of what Carol was talking about, that renegotiation of relationships and redefining what it means to support each other. Maggie talks about a group of women called the TIAs. The TIAs work in the daycare center that volunteers serve in when they go to Ecuador. Here's how simply redefining relationships and how we support each other looks in practice.
3: You know, just working with the TIAs and and helping them with their everyday tasks, but this this kind of cultural sharing and spending time together and learning from and about each other is a lot for the TIAs. They get so excited when a team is coming. Again, they do their jobs year-round and they do their jobs exceptionally well, but having those extra hands around The time to share together, to make it more fun, means a lot, not only to the Tia's, but of course, to the children at the daycare centers as
1: well.
0: Our final perspective today comes from a young woman named Emily, and it comes in three parts. Emily just returned from her very first service program in Ipalamo, Tanzania, where she was part of the first team to introduce the Reaching Children's Potential program, which those of you who've been listening in are pretty familiar with at this point. Emily's charge was a really critical one, and that was to be the first ambassador for handwashing in Ipilamwa. Handwashing is a critical element in disease prevention, and we'll talk about that in future episodes. Emily came in with this beginner's mind and saw Global Volunteers for the first time in action. In Emily's first segment, she speaks about the value of in-country partnerships and how she saw that working. In the second part of this piece, Emily and I were talking about why short-term volunteers work and why this approach seemed to be working in Ibalanwa. The final piece of Emily's segment comes from a very lively conversation that we were having about the impact of short-term volunteers and what that really looks like in community. Emily does a beautiful job of telling the story of the bridges that she helped build and what really this team left behind.
3: I can almost guarantee that had we gone in and built handwashing stations, if I had gone by myself and built handwashing stations and put them up and then told people why they should use them, they probably wouldn't have been used. But because we Involved not only hand washing experts, but the whole school was there the first day we did it. We started a campaign of putting flyers everywhere. The younger kids saw us building them. They, they were interested. There was every step of the way. It was exciting for them because they got to be part of it. You know, I don't think anyone in any culture or society or, you know, population wants someone to come in and plop something down and say, do this just because. I I can't speak to what other organizations do with their short-term volunteers, but Global Volunteers' philosophy of working in partnership with anyone they work with, which they stick to unbelievably well, by nature bridges that gap. Mm -hmm. So they don't go in anywhere and do anything without being in partnership. Therefore, you always have involvement. And if there isn't involvement from the other end, then they reassess what they're doing so i think that it's in the mission of global volunteers is to is acknowledging that gap that could come from short-term volunteers and then finding finding the answer for it and the answer is empowering the people that you're working with
0: mm-hmm. and
3: they keep that going giving them enough resources enough assistance enough information that they are able to sustain it when volunteers aren't there.
0: Do we leave enough when we leave a community? Do we leave enough knowledge, resources, continuity of service, in-country staff? Mm -hmm. So what did you leave them with? I think that we
3: bridged that with this team. So the team was consisted of seven of the secondary school high school kids and what they were given separate from everyone else is information training on hand washing the when the who what where when why um training on how to build the hand washing stations and then they were also going to be awarded certificates from the CEO of global volunteers for their participation in hand washing and hand washing campaigns and so it really came at them from all angles and it gave them an opportunity to step up as leaders you know someone that people go to it was really sweet um when i sat down with the team originally i asked them what they wanted and they actually decided their name hand washing experts i was asking them what they needed to accomplish being hand washing experts what do they need from me what can global volunteers do how can we support them how can we create excitement and they requested t-shirts, personalized t-shirts, which would set them apart as the hand-washing experts. So I think what I left the team with, more importantly than the information, was excitement around what this meant for them, how they personally were gonna be the people spreading this information, spreading this knowledge, and giving it to their community.
0: Every single one of these perspectives fills out this rich picture of why Global Volunteer Service Programs and Approach has been working for more than three decades. Thank you for joining me today for this episode of the Be the Change podcast. If you'd like to learn more about anyone featured in today's episode, go to blog. If you'd like to learn more about participating in a global volunteer service program, go to www.globalvolunteers.org. See you next time.